0: Welcome back, everybody, to the SideQuest Podcast. This is going to be a fun one, In uh, this episode's just Eric and Justin. No Jeff tonight, unfortunately. So, Justin, how are you today, sir?
1: I'm doing well, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, seriously, I'm doing well. So, yeah, audience, we are we are missing one member of the trio tonight, unfortunately, because we've got a great episode that we're about to, to dive knee-deep into, and I'm fine, my belly is full of chili and so if i get a little gassy during this episode i apologize claudia
0: all right we'll insert all the fart sound effect noises and like you said it's going to be a fun episode um we'll definitely have to catch up with jeff on the next episode maybe have him start off with these but we thought we'd do another top three a little round table top three movies and of course the theme today is summer so we're kind of in the middle of summer here officially We've got about a month and a half left before it's officially fall on planet Earth. Um, so I just figured, why don't we just go around the table and hit up our top three summer movies. And to be honest, this one can be approached a lot of different ways. I mean, J- Justin, we were talking before the episode that it's like it's either A, you know, movies that actually take place in summer or B, like movies that you like to watch in summer. It doesn't matter what it is. Somebody could say, I love watching horror movies in the middle of summer. Cool. Uh, Or C, maybe it's just like a mix of both. Maybe it's just like when you think of summer, I think of these movies. So um, we just have in no particular order, just like our quote-unquote top three. So play along with us. Let us know what you guys think out there. Hit us up on social media. So Justin, you have the pleasure with starting with number three. What's your number three summer movie?
1: So my number three summer movie, I was inspired by your intro talking about horror movies in the summer, and I think that there's a lot of crossover and there's a lot of, you know, horror movies that take place at, you know, yeah. camp.
0: Jason, for one.
1: Yeah. But I'm going a different direction, now. I'm going to say I know what you did last summer. Ooh. Boom. Summer movie.
0: So I'm trying to think back because this was definitely a VHS tape growing up. And I feel like outside of Scream, this was kind of the next big bad. Like, I don't know if I can put them both on the same, pe- same pedestal, but, uh, you know, that movie was up there for me. That was that was pretty freaky.
1: Oh, it was, it was a great movie. It was well acted. It's coming out, I believe it's a, a Hulu series is coming out this October based on the source material because... I think a lot of people overlooked at the fact that, you know, Freddie Prinze is fantastic and, and Jennifer Love Hewitt is fantastic, but it's based on a book, hmm. which to me is like very kind of cool that you have this horror property that's based on a book that's not Stephen King.
0: Yeah, that's that is cool. And how I wonder how they're going to do a series, because I, I guess it goes a couple ways down with series, right? It's like either it's like a 10 hour movie. Of like the same kind of slow build up and it's maybe eight episodes, ten episodes, whatever it is. And it's it's like a really good way that they can take the time to character build and build the environment, all that fun stuff. Or it's just like one of those, like, is there going to be a second season? Is it going to be like, what's it called? Uh, anthropology or whatever? I don't even remember the word. It starts with an A. But <laughs> you know, I wonder how they're going to pull off the whole series, but hey, good for them.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm not completely sold on it. And for what it's worth, I haven't watched the Scream series at all. I haven't watched the Teen Wolf series at all. So I imagine this to be very teen-driven. Like, uh, what's that? Uh, the R.L. Stine Fair Street that just came out, I believe, oh, last month. That that trilogy of <laughs> movies. I imagine it to be in that vein. But I, hopefully, it's more of the miniseries route and less of the let's try to get four seasons out of this horse.
0: Yeah, agreed. And I think I will also give a shout out to, I know I still know what you did last summer, because I feel like that was actually a decent follow-up to the original movie. I don't know what your thoughts
1: were. You got Jack Black and you got Brandy. How can you go wrong?
0: <laughs> I mean, it was it was a good concept. Like, uh, you know, again, putting the whole thing together. And for folks, I'm sure you've all seen a spoiler alert where they get tricked to go to the islands like Paradise and... I thought it was like a cool way that shows like all right how are they gonna go through this again it's just a a really cool atmosphere they're stuck on this island the weather's coming in um and people just start getting picked off one by one it's just i just love those like kind of slow thriller killer movies that you just don't know where the person's at or what's gonna happen next those are always so fun
1: yeah and it i'm with you i'm with you i i love the both of them i have seen i believe i own i always know what you did last summer and do not recommend that um if you're new to the (laughs) franchise you can do part one and two if you're gearing up for the the series coming out in october and you can you can skip part three
0: (laughs) there you go some good advice right there well that is that is a good number three i'm glad you went that route and for me my number three is weekend at bernie's two um I always, I think I honestly, growing up, I think I saw Weekend at Bernie's 2 before the first one. And so I really enjoyed the whole, uh, he gets stuck with the, um, gosh, the voodoo doll and the the speaker and the music and the guys that are chasing around. There's like the two groups of guys that are just throughout the whole movie. Like, I just feel like it's such a fun, funny, silly, stupid summer movie that just like kind of gets you in the summer mood. And all the actors there, I think, except for, like, one, um, one of the main guys, I forget his name, but I feel like everybody else kind of fell, fell off the face of the map. I don't know where they yeah, land, I,
1: including Bernie. They, Bernie, uh, so I've been in contact with Bernie Lomax <laughs> before the pandemic hit and try to get him on our sister podcast, Back in Time podcast. Oh, and, yeah? Because we did the first movie, and then we wanted to do the second movie, and... Uh, we had everything lined up and then quarantine hit and I haven't oh, talked to man. him since. So that would have been epic. So Bernie Lomax, whatever he's still out there, he's alive and kicking or he's dead and voodooed, however you want to envision uh, yeah. movies.
0: <laughs> I just I find it amazing that when you watch that movie, like he is actually doing all of those as soon as the music turns on. He's getting himself up like without his arms or anything. He's just dancing himself awake with the straightest face. I can only imagine everybody behind the camera while he's doing that, like having to look away and not make direct eye contact because I would just be laughing my ass off if I were behind the scenes. I just the way he gets up and dances and moves and just (laughs) like with the straightest stone cold dead face is just so perfect. So shout out to you, sir. Oh, my God. You were about to say something. Yeah, and the amount
1: that. of cocaine that he probably did to <laughs> get in preparation for that scene is just unparalleled. Yeah,
0: very good, very good. Well, let's go to our number two round. So, Justin, kick things off, sir.
1: So, I'm going to go with a movie that I don't i don't know where this fits in the classification of it being a summer movie. It takes place in the summer. I know maybe, when it, I don't know when it came out. I feel like it came out in the summer. It's a movie that you just recently dug into for the first time that we talked about offline. And whether you you talk about Leo's version in modern era or Robert Redford back in the 70s, but, I mean, The Great Gatsby, is that not just like the epic summer movie of just like is just going to go and he's going to get this cabin over there and and East Egg or West Egg and then, uh, you know, across the pond and, and just... There's Gatsby just throwing parties every damn night because that's what you do in the 1920s. You just throw damn parties.
0: Yeah, it just gets you in the mood. And yeah, like you said, I did recently watch the Leonardo DiCaprio version and I just I just liked what they did with it because I've never seen it before. I know a lot of people were shocked when I said, hey, I just saw it. And they're like, what? How How'd you never see that movie? I don't know why I wasn't interested. I Maybe it was just the time of my life or the year or whatever it was. Maybe something else was going on. But uh, I had a good time. And like you said, yeah, kind of gets in that mood. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> for those of you ha- that haven't seen it, it takes quite a turn towards the latter half of the movie. And all of a sudden, it's a little bit crazy. So, um, you know, have some fun with it and go watch it and let us know what you think. But I think that's a great choice.
1: Yeah. No, it's just... I'm I'm all I'm all for it. Like yeah. I love I love the book. Um, you know, we we discussed offline, and maybe we can do a future episode with my little brother Jesse, who's who's has a dog whose name is Gatsby. That's how much he loves The Great Gatsby. Well, shout uh, out to
0: Jesse, man. Yeah, we got to get him on, and we could dedicate a whole I'm sure whole episode to just Gatsby talk because there's a lot to take in there.
1: <laughs> there is a there is a whole lot. So yeah, that's that's my number two pick and. That's how I gear up for summer. I I just like, let's, let's, let's have a Gatsby party and let's just put on the Ritz.
0: There you go. Love it. Well, my number two is along the lines of this little movie called Camp Heavyweights. I mean, it's short, you know, Heavyweights um, is the movie. So growing up, 90s movie, classic 90s, just kids going away to fat camp during the summer and just all the shenanigans that take place there. Of course, a classic Ben Stiller role where he is, uh, God, what's his name in that movie? I don't even know why I can't remember. Tony Perkins. Tony Perkins, yep. So Tony Perkins, the rest of the crew. I mean, it's just, it's a movie that will get you into the summer mood. Or if, you know, summer's kind of coming close to an end, just it'll kind of rekindle that, saying like, hey, we're just you know gives you that summer good feels uh just a fun family movie or just you know grown adult by yourself movie like me um where i just watch it alone um but yeah i i just love everything about that movie it's just it, it's just something i have to watch at least once a summer there's a lot of other disney movies too but this one really stood out
1: no and that's a winner of a pick and it's we're gonna to have to do an honorable mention, and it would be so difficult for me to not include that on honorable mention for me because I had the same experience as a kid. Uh, I don't know about you personally, but I was a little bit husky as a, a child. so I was able to fully relate to the concept of fat camp. and I never went, but uh, I, I could have I could have used the shedding of a few pounds when I was a, a young gent.
0: Well, I didn't have that, but I had kind of an opposite issue where I honestly, I was a little bit too skinny. I, I, and, uh, you know, you know, the world's tiny, tiniest violin for me, but it's like, uh, you know, there was a lot of years where like, I could just see like my heart beating through my chest and people are like, are you okay? Like, can I just touch that? And you, it explodes. But I was way too skinny growing up. Like I, I was, I ate like a bird and I just, so I kind of had the opposite problem where I needed to go to a camp where at least I put on some healthy weight or something so you lose the weight <laughs> i put on some healthy and we meet in the middle for that middle camp like the normal people camp
1: <laughs> the normal people camp camp normal people starring <laughs> cap, eric cap
0: normies and we're all named norm deal um all right well here we go starting with uh justin your number one summer movie or whatever movie you know just summertime fun what is it
1: Summertime and the living is easy. So I'm going, this is a movie that I probably, I don't know that I saw it as a child, but when I f- saw it as a, like a, a later like high school and in college and now as an adult, it's like the Quentin Cecil, Quentin Cecil uh, summer movie like you can't have summer without this you can't have this without summer mm-hmm. uh, and we lived this recently um, I'm, I'm talking about 1988 written by John Hughes starring uh, if you know the movie just shout it out Eric but Dan Aykroyd John Candy The Great Outdoors. Yeah, The Great
0: Out I was just about to say.
1: (laughs) I mean, come on. Is this not just summer in a nutshell?
0: It's so good. And John Candy, like, I I always love John Candy movies like that because he always has that way to, like, slowly get under your skin. Even as a viewer, like, you love the guy, but he just does things where it's like, oh, my God, like, I'm... I'm going nuts being stuck in this movie with you, and I'm not even there, but I <laughs> I, I totally agree. It's such a fun movie, and wow, do they, they act the hell out of it.
1: They do, and it's so, and it, both him and Aykroyd do such a fantastic job where you just, you can almost hate the both of them, too, because Dan Aykroyd's the slick salesman. I believe they the out of Chicago, so they are head up to, like, Wisconsin or something like that, too, so they got the old-school Illinois license plates going on, and um i not i don't know it's just for me like it's a happy place movie and uh we've we've done it we've covered on back in time podcast so uh shameless plug to go listen to that in the archives but um if you've not seen it it's it's great we still have summer um it's not blue hour yet uh tonight as we're recording but man summer's here and if you if you're gonna go to a lake or do some camping and you want to get geared up, we'll get fully torqued with the great outdoors.
0: <laughs> I love it. And I'm trying to remember the premise. I haven't seen it in a long time, probably since when I lived in my parents' house. They would do these summer movies where uh, they would pr- take the projector out on the driveway before it was cool and like put a movie on the driveway, like a drive-in theater almost. Uh, and we watched that and i'm pretty sure it was like john candy's movie they weren't so well off and dan Aykroyd was like you know like you said the slick salesman that made a lot of money so it was kind of a disaster for john candy and then i think didn't they invite him up to that cabin like hey forget that come stay at our cabin there's plenty of room um i think that was the premise right
1: i mean essentially yeah it's kind of like how christmas vacation is with uh cousin yeah, eddie yeah, and just exactly. like um in the 80s you didn't have to do much to, to deliver a fantastic movie it was just situational which is in my opinion absolutely fine
0: yeah and that always holds true and i gotta take us on a quick side quest there before i get to my number one but like you bring up a really good point is that nowadays writers of movies and comedy and all that they have to take so much into consideration when writing a joke now like what's actually funny like like you said back in the 80s it was more situational like they didn't have cell phones they didn't have like yeah they had color tv they didn't have the internet um and it was like things that were funny were like you know the family's sitting in the car and the air breaks down and, and the windows don't work you know and like that's funny but nowadays if you try to do that it's like well, why the fuck wouldn't the car windows work? Like, they always work. Or you just shatter it with your, you know, little handy pocket thing so that you can breathe some air. You know, it's. Just, I feel like nowadays, so I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, you know, how much harder is it now versus maybe back then, do you think, to write those kind of really comedic and landmark movies?
1: Do you make it... So you're you're spot on, you're right on, and it applies to beyond just, like, comedies, like... When yeah. you think drama or horror movie or thriller, like at any time, it's like, okay, uh, find my service. iPhone. Or, <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you, but there's a killer coming my way right now. So, <laughs> um, and it's it's real difficult, but at the same time, when you can take a that the difficulty and apply it to a premise that is ageless. I'm trying to think of, like, a good comparison movie that's come out recently. Maybe uh, Due Date with Zach Galifianakis and Robert yeah. Downey Jr. was, like, uh, such a simple road-trip concept of a movie where it's like, you know, the, the, the plot is so simple. You need to go from point A to point B, and in the meantime, you've got to fish out of water out of both main actors, and just the comedy ensues from, you know, their the way that they are and it's just the
0: polar opposites of (laughs) yeah
1: i mean because you i mean you take a movie like anchorman even uh what 2003 2004 yeah and it does if that comes out in 2021 as this movie from the 70s do people respond the same way because we're so far removed from that that time period so you lose a lot of those simple wins in writing and you have to be much more committed to nuanced comedy which is very difficult in my opinion
0: yeah yeah and it's just something i know (laughs) sometime in the future somebody's gonna totally fuck it up for all writers because like elon musk or whoever they're all gonna put like satellites in the sky that so there's always going to be service and wi-fi around the world no matter where you are so then that whole no no reception trope is going to go out the window it's like fuck now we got to figure out another way for somebody to lose their phone their apple watch and their google glasses 2.0 in this movie just to make sure that the killer's on the loose and nobody can call the cops <laughs> You know? right it's i hope i hope it doesn't wreck it too bad but good luck to all you future folks that have to write that shit because we're still in that weird phase in between where we have some cool technology, but there's also some, like, really weird gaps out there. Like, looking at you, Montana, do you guys do you guys have service out there? I don't even know. Are you guys still alive? Okay, cool.
1: Um, I think they're on AOL. <laughs> yeah.
0: Congrats. Um, so, yeah, so uh, getting to my number one here. This one, it, honestly, it was the first movie that came to mind when we kind of texted each other and said, all right, top summer movies, top three summer movies. Forgetting Sarah Marshall for me was – It took a while for me to love it. I I thought it was hilarious right off the bat, but I thought it was kind of like a one and done, or I'll watch it again and I'm kind of bored of it. But honestly, anytime that movie comes on TV or just I scroll through, um, you know, Netflix or whatever, I'll most of the time just put it on or watch the rest of it because I just feel like it's such a funny, well written summer movie. Like, how can you not love Hawaii in the summer? I've never been there. But it makes me want to like just take all my coins and my treasures and try to get a plane ticket and uh, you know go to a hotel like that and stay there for like a week, um, and I just I just love everything about that movie—the acting, the comedy, uh, all the cast. Uh, so that's that was my number one movie, and it was tough. Like there's so many good summer movies out there, but that was the first one th- that came to mind for me it was like a good fun comedy that just you know it, it really just has everything somewhere in there i mean obviously the whole plot is pretty silly and just <laughs> the whole ending with the you know the vampire musical um with the puppets is, is amazing but yeah i don't know what what, what are your thoughts on forgetting sir marshall you a fan
1: i so i've only seen it one time and this what this was like a oh, yeah nine like two 2010.
0: 2010 yeah yeah somewhere around there 2009 or 10 yep
1: and I watched it when it came out, and I didn't love it. I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a little too much penis going on in it. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's for sure. So, I mean, when you're not ready for that, and then there's just dong in your eye, you're just like, all right, all right, rock and roll. This is what we're doing tonight. Um, but, no, I thought, I thought it was – I think it's a movie that I would like a lot more because I like – appreciate the bass actors more now than i did then because mm-hmm. a lot of them were very fresh or they were like you know johnny on the spot yeah um and so i think i need to give it another watch but i i loved the the narrative and the aspect that they include with his career and, and then then at the end with the, the musical which was just kind of like <laughs> okay yeah. like this is happening
0: Yeah, I feel like if I recall correctly, because Jason Segel was always kind of like, he was almost like the Sandler pack with um, like Jonah Hill and Judd Apatow and all those guys. So I think this was like his first kind of movie he was a lead in um, and he did a really good job. But like you said, yeah, all of a sudden there's Dong. But I think that also, I think, drove people to the theaters because I think people might have found out, except for you, beforehand that he just like drops Trow or, or is a towel right away. Is like within 10 minutes of the movie starting. And I don't know, maybe he kind of took that route where some actors or actresses, like some of their first big breakouts are because they got like butt naked on the screen. And then that opens up a lot more doors all of a sudden. I don't know why. I guess maybe they're just ready to go all the way. Uh, and it kind of proves that versus some other actors that are more obviously don't want to display all that stuff to the globe. Uh, I get that, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, cheers to you, Jason Siegel. And I, I wish he would make some more movies lately because I feel like I Love You, Man was kind of one of the last ones that he was really, you know, like on top of it. And I don't know if I've seen any other movies with him in it since. And that one came out like 2013 or 2014, I think. It was a
1: while ago. That's a, that's a, that's a, whew. Yeah. That's a deep cut right there in 2021 and it's it's one I love I love that movie and I love his performance in it. And I'll I'll tell you what we just watched this is 40 Ooh. last night for the first time and he plays a small role in it and like he's he's again he's like a tea leaf in a cup of water that just flavors the scene and yeah. you're just like you don't need too much of it you just need a little dunk.
0: Yeah. I agree. I, we want more Jason Siegel in our lives. Please, whatever you're doing out there, just make more movies and just make them stupid and silly. And I will go watch them. Just sign me up already. Um, and a couple of shout-outs. So we did have some feedback when we announced our top movies, uh, top summer movies. So uh, my wife caught wind that we were doing this, and she said, Summer Catch. And I was like, I feel like that rings a bell. She's like, Freddie Prince Jr. and Jessica Biel. And I'm like, oh, so it's got to be about baseball. Yeah, okay. I don't think I've ever seen it, but her favorite summer movie, Summer Catch. So I said, "Hey, you'll get you'll get a little shout out. Thank you, appreciate it. Little tip jar." Um, and then Philippe Machine, he said, um, "Moneyball, Heavyweights, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off." So I was, I, I kind of forgot about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. To be honest, it didn't come to mind.
1: That's an interesting one because it takes place during the school year. I feel, and like that's, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but I don't know when it came out, when it was released, but it's baseball season, which in my opinion is summer. Yeah. So even when you have those, you know, April, May baseball games when they're at Wrigley, it's just, it counts. Right. I think it counts. So, it, you know, shout out to you, Fleeing Machine. You're always on the ball.
0: Yeah, and I feel like, you know, thinking to Ferris Bueller's, I could see it being a summer movie. It might almost be like a first or second week of school movie like ah, alright you know orientation and syllabus week is over you know I just want to kind of like release my mind here and go watch like a silly fun movie and I feel like that's one of those where it just kind of like gets you out of that mindset that you're in school and like you're in mm-hmm. class and you can like you know live vicariously through Mr. Ferris and I forget what was it that everybody was like a lot of different ages in that movie like I think um, Matthew Broderick was around that age but What's his buddy's name? Um, Cameron. Cameron, whoever the actor is, was like, I think I could have swore he was like 32 or something. I think you're right. (laughs) And he was trying to be, he was trying to play like an 18-year-old. I know we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, like just actors that are way off in age. And I forget one of those trailers that came out recently where like it's um, uh, something with Evan. It's like a a super big Broadway play right now, uh, something about Evan. Uh gosh, I'm butchering it. People are yelling at me right now, but like the the main guy that played it on Broadway who's like in his 30s is actually playing it in the movie uh and he is like 35. So like he looks 35 in the movie. Um what is the Evan Broadway? I got to look it up right now.
1: Um, Get out. Like, Fact check yourself. Dear
0: Dear Evan Hansen. So for everybody out there that was like screaming at the the radio, the stereo, your Walkman, there you go. Dear Evan Hansen. So yeah, the guy's like um pretty old and he's in the movie so anyways (laughs) that was our top three list um and we've got a little bit of time left and i thought it'd be fun if we just poke over to uh imdb a little bit and see what their top uh five movies are three movies are uh according to people that obviously are rating them so um thanks so much everybody for participating tonight and um it's kind of weird i gotta admit when I did IDM, God, IDMB, IMDb top summer movies, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. At least ten different lists. And I honestly just picked the one called the 50 best summer movies. Uh, the other ones have uh, like different lineups. So it's really weird, but there there is one. Our number one is pretty much across the board. So let's just go ahead and start with number five and just kind of work our way down. And obviously, I don't think I've seen all these, so we'll just kind of rattle them off and see where we get to. But number five on their list is Rear Window, the Alfred Hitchcock movie from 1954. Uh, I remember watching it in high school, the one and only time, and I don't think I was paying attention. <laughs> So Justin, I don't know if you have any more color to add there.
1: No, I mean it's it spawned a lot of people and and creators to as as anything Hitchcock Hitchcock ever does to take upon what he's built and then copy it. Uh yeah. cuz it was it's a fantastic story and it's really cool. And so uh, you know, audience, if you're If you're into some older movies, if you like the 50s at all, and you've not really dove into Hitchcock, that's a great starting place.
0: Yeah, and I feel like at some point, like I do like diving back into that stuff. I went back and watched like all the Twilight Zones like 10 years ago, and I just got really into that area, and then I got out of it. Um, So I feel like at some point, I just want to go back and watch all the Hitchcock movies like in kind of like a couple weekends or something just to kind of, you know. I haven't seen them all. I've seen most, but obviously Rear Window was one of those that's definitely going to be on the list um number four dazed and confused obviously a fun comedy that's probably a lot of our parents or even some of their parents were maybe going to see uh the stoner movie the summer movie with a lot of a lot of good talent that were most of them were pretty young i mean matthew mcconaughey i think it was one of his first breaks um you know auditioning and getting into a good movie um but honestly another one that i haven't really seen in a long time i don't know (laughs) what about you justin
1: yeah, I recently watched it. Uh, Anna had not seen it ever. So we did this thing at the beginning of quarantine where we, or she um, led the charge on this, where she picked out maybe like 10 to 15 movies that she had never seen before that she wanted to watch. And this was one of them. And it's, I mean, it's we're it's our generation, so we can't fully relate to the antics that they get themselves into. But it's still like fun to see the actors really just embracing this time period and digging into what it was like end of summer going into to uh, high school is it was, it was, It's a great fucking movie.
0: Yeah, and I just love that it was um, <laughs> you know, it takes place in 1976, but the movie came out in 93. That always blew my mind when I remember you know, thinking about that movie, I'm like, fuck, I thought that movie, just the way it's shot and looks, it's no, you know, dissing them. I think they just did a really good job and it makes it look like it is from 1976. Like you wouldn't expect that to be, you know, a 1993 movie, just a really, really just cool thought and idea. And wherever it came from, whether it was a book or just somebody writing the story, like I just, who would have thought that that thing would have caught on.
1: Right. And that's, and and, in a nutshell, that's Richard Linklater's ability to take a concept, and just bring it to life. He's done it countless times, over countless decades. Um, So, yeah, you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, number three on IMDb's list is Do the Right Thing. Again, another high school movie for me that I I just – I kind of recall bits and pieces. I know it – you know, it is a very popular movie. It's got a really great cast, um, and it just – It takes place, you know, on one day in summer, basically like the hottest day of the year. I I don't remember much of it. I did watch the trailer. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do remember that part. But um, I don't know about you, Justin. Have you uh, seen Do the Right Thing in, in some time?
1: Is that the one with Tom Cruise?
0: No, this is Do the Right Thing. It's got like. A whole slew. It's a Spike Lee movie. It's got like um, uh, Samuel okay. Jackson, Giancarlo. Esquisto. No, I've, I've not seen it. Yeah, but it looks. I mean, I watched the trailer. I'm like, you know, I remember seeing it back in high school. I feel like high school, they just like pump out. I don't know if I even know if like, IMDb was really big at the time, but they must have just like had a list of like, hey, this is a good movie. This is a good movie. Let's just get the kids something to watch. But yeah, good, from what I see on the trailer, it looks like a fun summer movie, but then. It explodes into violence at the end, according to the description. So, just <laughs> it's rated <where> it <laughs> R. So, little get, heads up. get ready for that one. But, uh, all right. Number two, Stand By Me. Uh, I do remember this movie. Um, it's kind of that fun coming of age story. A lot of crazy, weird shit happens. Um, but it's also like a fun kind of camaraderie friendship movie as well. So, overall, a good movie. And I always get my mind blown because Jerry O'Connell's in that, and now he's, you know, a normal grown man uh, but in that movie he was definitely not
1: (laughs) he was a chunky little porker (laughs) yeah
0: so i haven't seen that movie in a long time either i mean i'm not surprised that the imdb list is what it is but um you know just a lot of these that i just haven't seen forever and i think it's going to rekindle before summer ends here on september 22nd to go back and try to watch some of these oh yeah cool well this number one was pretty much across most lists when you google imdb top summer movies um, and Justin, I guess if you had to take a guess for the best number one top summer movie of all time, what do you think it would be?
1: Independence Day.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> but it's it's a little off. Um, oh, geez. Our, our, good boy, our good boy Steven Spielberg, uh, Jaws, number one. On oh, okay, yeah. But no I complaints. I like I'm I wish it was because I would have loved talking about Independence Day bar. But uh, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Jaws, you know, kind of changed the way um, movies were made and shot. It was like pretty much the first big summer blockbuster, if I recall. Um, you know the way the way they made it and with the animatronics and um, just how scary it was and people were like. I don't know how but yeah people running out of the theater screaming or fainting like that it was too scary um no <laughs> okay sure um you know so i again i've seen this movie recently and yes i think it is a good movie not the number one in my book but yeah it's one that i'll watch every other summer every couple summers why not
1: yeah i need, i definitely need to i haven't spent a it's been a hot minute since i watched it last and it's always on the summer playlist Yep. And uh, I admittedly haven't watched it in some time. So maybe there's the audience, there's still time in the summer for me. So maybe there's still time in the summer for you to dive into some jaws.
0: Jaws. Yeah. And I think, I don't know what it was. I feel like there was a lot of talking, like I get it. They got a character build and kind of talk a lot about what's going on, but like, there's so much inactivity for, a majority of that movie like it's 124 minutes so a little over two hours and i feel like the shark pops up at the beginning uh and then the shark pops up once more and then they're out on the boat and then it like pops up two more times so like in all how much screen time did the shark actually have what 10 minutes 15 minutes tops out of two hours so i think maybe that's when i was younger it just kind of turned me off to it i'm like okay yeah this is cool uh but not like my favorite of all time i guess he had to be there (laughs) Probably. Well, everybody uh, older than us is probably like, yeah, you had to be there. 1975. OK, I get it. Cool. Good for there Jaws. you. Go. Good for Jaws. Yeah. Well, wow. um, honestly, we are just about out of time. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Be sure to go to our social media at uh, Pod. Hit us up. Let us know what, what you think. Give us a rating if you can and uh, let us know what your top summer movies are. Um, with that being said, I guess uh we maybe we do this one together since uh you know Jeff's not here, but I don't know. Do do you do the Jaws noise and then I slowly get killed.
1: I, I was thinking along the same <laughs> one, No. No, no,